Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. All right, we're live. What's up, you guys? It's The List and your boy, 98. So the show, the audio. The show happens. It, it, is, it is a deal. Jimmy Van's still talking uh, on camera. Because I've got another guy in here, and he's, like, watching stuff while we're doing this live on the air. So, so. if... if- this feed dies. Listen, your boy ninety eight. Here you go. <laughs> Enjoy. Because <laughs> you are you are determined to get to November twenty eighth for one hundred. I put so much promotion into it. I know, I know, I know, I know. I, know. I have promised at this point one that I'm going to fight Melissa. Yeah. Maybe I'm feeling a little bit of regret about because I've, I've wrote some checks. I said that a bone is going to be broken now. Um, explosions. This is the list, and your boy. Are you sure a boner is not going to be broken? I, I, Bluechew.com, promo code Fightful. Blue is in the color blue. Bluechew.com. You're really ready for these time constraints today, aren't you? This uh, show brought to you by Bluechew.com. Head over there. If you want to improve your performance in the bedroom and uh-huh. your confidence, check out Bluechew.com. has the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, <laughs> and it's prescribed online. No waiting. No in-person uh-huh. doctor's visits. No more awkwardness. Use the code FIGHTFUL. Get your first shipment free. But we've got listen, you boy, 98. I promised explosions, music. I've got a custom intro ready. And somebody requested green screen trickery. I'm going to do that. I'm bringing back the green screen. You're going to get the shower curtain now? You can almost use your wall. I, see, I know. If I could go back... In time, I would have had that like green screen wall. Yeah, that would you be almost cool. do it. You got to get the the movies and the is that a couch back there? You got to get that out of the way. Otherwise, well, you could do the it. Casting couch, as people call it. <laughs> so it, eventually, when I do buy a new house, it will have a green screen wall on it just for content and stuff like that. But, By the way, if people notice see me looking off to the side like this, it's because. They finally put the live chat up for me on another monitor. Oh. So all I got to do is just turn and look at it, and I got the live chat right there. See, I got so. the Zordon set up, so people notice me doing this all the time. I'm looking at live chats. I'm looking yeah. at you. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going we're gonna to start on a, on, a, on a bit of a somber note, and then after that, we're going to hit the first topic that got you a lot of attention yesterday, Sean. So we're going to talk about that. We're doing this on November 14th. So yesterday, the 13th, you got a lot of attention. But before we do that... I'm going to tell a personal story, and I know on the live chat they're probably going to be saying, oh, it's time for story time with Jimmy, because that's what they like to say, you know? (laughs) The reason I'm telling this personal, non-wrestling related story is because I think a lot of people can relate to what I'm going to talk about, Sean. And I think a lot of people might find it interesting, a project that I'm working on, and maybe something that they want to do too. Okay. So that's why, that's why I'm going to talk about it. So back in September, it was on September 11th, and I'll never forget the day because it was September 11th. 
my father, uh, his name is Cornelius Vanderlinden, he was diagnosed with cancer. And because of his age, 80 years old, and he had had other health issues and stuff, we didn't know the prognosis uh, at that time. As it turned out, seven weeks later, November 4th, we lost him. Uh, obviously, it's, it's shitty news, but one good thing came out of it. When we first found out that he was sick, I came up with the idea of doing something that my family thought was a little crazy, but now they're all on board with it, Sean. I came up with the idea of producing a documentary about my parents. Oh, that's cool. And I hired a production studio, uh, and they went about interviewing everybody. They interviewed the family, and they interviewed friends. They're still working on it now. Unfortunately, they weren't able to get it done before he passed. He was able to see the raw footage, which is great but they don't have the thing done yet. We produced a trailer that we showed at the ceremony. We didn't do a funeral because he wasn't a, a religious guy and he, he's, he was like a happy-go-lucky guy. So we actually did a party. I actually did a speech with a beer in my hand because that's how he was. And uh, we produced a trailer. I'm going to show the trailer to you. Uh, because, because, yeah, this is my podcast and I can kind of do what I want. But I think people will find it interesting. We're going to show the trailer to you and then after that, uh, I'll say a few more words. So go ahead, Nigel. Are you guys married? You get kids? I have one, yes. If you're planning another one, I give you so much. What do you get now? I have a boy now. A boy now? Yes. If you plan to get another one and you want a girl, what do you have to do? What do I do? The next time, keep your socks on and you get a girl. <laughs> Uh, I remember hearing things like, uh, what they call them, like the crazy Dutchman. Uh, I remember hearing that everybody knew Dad in town, always. I mean, it's a small community type feel anyway. And he was a guy that owned the store. Everybody knew Dad in town. When I was little with Dad, I could just walk in and give him a hug and he'd hand me his wallet. So for years I could just go, Dad, hug him, and he'd just hand me his wallet. It would really make Mom mad because she would hate that because he'd just give me his wallet and I'd just open it, take out what I wanted, and give it back. Well, how would you describe him? Loudmouth. <laughs> He's a loudmouth Dutchman with, a, with an accent, and then, then they know. We all call him the mayor because... He never was the mayor, but he was the mayor of Maori Town. Well, I got lots of stories I could tell you, but I think I'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember actually one day going into town with him. Tina was working in town, so we took the bus in to meet her. And there was a little store in Gananoque where you caught the bus. So we went in and they sold things. And anyway, I really took a shine to this wall hanging, but I didn't have enough money, and Cor ended up buying it so that I could have it. Like, he was a really good-hearted guy. Went to Kingston with Cor one time years ago, and I can't remember why, but anyway, for a while I think Cor thought I understood Dutch, because I made all the right turns and we ended up where we wanted to go, but he was giving me all the directions in Dutch. Well, Cor's command of the English language was never great, but let me tell you, his command of the English language was an awful lot better than my understanding of Dutch. <laughs> I did it all right, and I'm lucky I get my wife, we did both all right. He did okay, get my kids both all right. That's all you want. All I can say for the kids, and thank you very much for coming. I'm glad you came and interview. Video. All right. So again, the reason I wanted to show this is because I think a lot of our listeners can probably relate, including you, Sean, and in terms of having a loved one who's sick or old. Uh, and I realize that some people might say, oh, well, not everyone can afford to hire a production studio. But you know what? Cell phone videos uh, videos are, are pretty good now, Sean. The quality is pretty good. And uh, I know my family is very grateful that I've done this because now we have that footage. And my kids, when they grow up, they're, they're, not, they're never going to remember him. But when they grow up, they'll be able to watch that. 
And so that's why I wanted to show it because I thought maybe this is something that people might want to do for themselves in the same situation. I think, I think it's a great idea. It's a beautiful video. The production was outstanding. Yeah, they've done a very good job. They've done a very good job. Like, man, this is incredible. The live chat really loved it too. Uh, awesome. Definitely sorry for your loss, Jimmy. And I, I never had the good fortune of meeting your dad, but uh, definitely glad that he raised a guy like you, a guy that I'm happy to call my boss and my friend. And just, you know, it's unfortunate. Unfortunate. It was. That happens. It was. Getting old sucks. I, I've, I've seen so many people over the last couple of weeks that I hadn't seen in 30 years back home. And over and over again, it's just like getting old sucks. I mean, it's, I guess it's a part of life. And he had a good life. He did. Yeah. 80, 80 is solid. I used to joke around that he was retired for 50 years because he worked for himself. So yeah. now let's move on. I, uh, I understand that you loved our new banner ad. <laughs> and Nigel has it. And let's put it up for a second, Nigel. Put up that new banner ad. Look at that bad boy right there. <laughs> I hear you love it, Sean. So let me tell you how I discovered this, which often happens with our banner ads, because it's not something that's like ran by me before you all post it. You all just post it. So I'm in the live chat last night, and I can't remember if it was during SmackDown or just before SmackDown, but usually before SmackDown, I take a couple hours off and I kind of rest before the show. But last night, obviously for reasons that that, that happened, couldn't yep. didn't that ability. So I'm in, we have what's called the BS chat for Fightful, where some of our Fightful writers are in there and we just bullshit. Uh, it's not for assignments or anything like that. And Carlos Toro posts this picture and says, whoever thought of this idea, two thumbs up. And my response is, and I quote, what the fuck, LMAO, end quote. <laughs> I had no clue this was a thing. Now, I will say this. So I, I have been away a lot over the last six weeks for, for obvious reasons. That was done without my knowledge. <laughs> However, yesterday before they put it live, they showed it to me because I had to sign off on it. Yeah. So they, they showed it to me and said, are you cool with this? And the first thing I said was, does Sean know about this? Uh, and I and I was told, I don't think so, because I think one of the devs came up with the idea. And I said, it's approved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this and another one was the Matt Riddle posing wearing a shirt of me. Yes. This is a banner. I didn't know about that oh, one. Oh, that was my idea. That one was fully yeah. my idea. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was good stuff. Like, we got a lot of people asking when we're going to add some new shirts. I think we do need to add some new shirts to... Uh, to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful soon. but Yeah, we'll work on some stuff. We'll work on some stuff. Let's, Let's get, get to... A lot of not, neat new logos that the dev team created. So Yeah, we're working on all kinds of stuff. So let's get to the list of Jimmy Van. I feel like I need to put this on the screen because every now and then I'm asked, why the hell you called the list on your boy? Yeah. So I'll put that on the screen for a second, my blatant Chris Jericho ripoff. So uh, some things happened this week, Sean. Yeah, some a lot. News, some news happened this week. Now, uh, we gotta talk about the Survivor Series, WWE's third major televised show in three weeks, including two major televised shows in five days. And this particular one was pretty newsworthy. I'm gonna turn the floor over to you, cause you broke a story yesterday, November 13th. You and I were joking around about how certain sources or certain, uh, sites credited you when they never credit you. Yeah, oh yeah. Right? And for this one, they did. And uh, go ahead and tell me a little bit about what happened, you know, what you heard, how it all unfolded, all of that. So I have a friend by the name of Ted Gruber who uh, used to do some writing, and he hit me up yesterday afternoon. And he goes, hey, I've heard this is happening. And maybe about a minute after that, I had someone who doesn't go out of their way to message me about stuff like that say, hey, this is happening. And I'm like, Okay, there's something to this. Confirmed it with a couple of my sources immediately afterwards, and I, which I immediately said, "Why didn't you just tell me about this?" Like I, I got to come to you, but it, it became known yesterday afternoon that Becky Lynch sustained a broken nose and a concussion. Now I, I had put in there concussion and possible broken nose because I didn't have it confirmed. It's never official till Becky or WWE says it. I'm, I'm sorry, not, don't don't you mean a broken face, Sean? That's the thing. WWE thought it didn't sound vicious enough. That's what they said, they Nigel. Really? Nose. Yeah. They had poor Becky Lynch cutting promos in the ring saying she had a broken face. A broken Weird. face. It makes it, it's so stupid, man. It is dumb. It is dumb. And I was getting some information Monday night when this punch happened from Nia Jax. And initially, Becky Lynch just pulled back, checked out, all that stuff. And people were like, oh, no big deal. It, it happens. That sucks, but it happens. 
Then the footage came through. Then other people started to recount their experiences of that brawl and what they saw. And there's some heat on Nia Jax now. And they're, they're working it now. They're working it into an angle. I saw it. Whatever. And, I mean, that, to be honest with you, that's been her rap for a long time among the girls. So so the first thing I want to do is I want to read something that uh, one of our listeners, his name is Grant D. on Twitter. So when you first broke this story, and we were joking about it, when Sean first broke the story, a lot of people were shitting on Sean and saying, oh, what's his legitimacy, and this is fraudulent information, whatever. And the reason they were saying it is because they're Becky Lynch fans that didn't want to accept the news that she was out for the Survivor Series, so they were shitting on Sean. One of our listeners who knows that you're good, Sean, uh, he posted this, and I, it made me laugh, so I wanted to share it. He said, don't take this the wrong way, Sean, but I hope you're full of shit. And, <laughs> then, he, and then he followed up, still, good work, keep grinding. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really good. People don't have to like me or like my show or anything like that, but... But he clearly did, and so that's why yeah. I thought. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Yeah, I now, know. I mean, yeah, we do have those, and I got a lot from Nia Jax fans who were, who were mad, too, that said I stirred the pot and incited hate on Nia Jax. I, you know what? You know what I didn't do? I didn't punch Becky Lynch in the fucking face. Yeah, I and that she incited that on her own. We have a clip of it. This is courtesy of Brian the Guppy on Twitter. Uh, you might have to loop it a couple times, Nigel, because it happens fast. So go ahead and put up that clip. Okay, let me loop it here. Okay. heard that Naya threw the punch, uh, the first thing I thought of is, because you know sometimes they'll all gang up on Naya because she's the biggest girl, I thought maybe a situation where she had her head down and she was just kind of doing this because she was fighting off six girls, it wasn't until I watched it back that I thought she blatantly clubbed her in the face. It looked, and it's just me speculating, it looked downright intentional. I don't know, maybe, maybe, but it, it, it looked blatant to me. Now Naya, like you said, is trying to turn this into an angle because Naya doesn't seem to have tact and she doesn't know when maybe you should uh you know leave an angle an angle and and leave the truth the truth and just kind of leave it alone so today november 14th she posted this on twitter put that up uh nigel well they they are putting heat on her for this i mean well they should she they so, showed so, it on tv and if if this is going to happen you got to put heat on the person that did it both backstage and on screen so she posted this picture of her fist with a little cut on it and she said we don't deliver mail things happen is anyone going to ask me about how my fist feels uh, let me tell you something, man. Six months ago, if anybody had told me that Becky Lynch was going to surpass Ronda Rousey and Charlotte and Oscar, for that matter, as the hottest girl female in all of WWE, I don't know if I would have believed you. And six months later, that's exactly what she's done. She might be the hottest thing, male or female, in the company right now. That visual of her with the blood on her face, the way she handled it, Sean, knowing that she probably has a broken nose, the way she handled it, wiping her nose like nothing and... and she was amazing with that. Her promo on SmackDown, I thought she was excellent. She has turned it up another notch. A lot of people were comparing her to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. With, uh, with the way she handled the blood and the way she did the run-in and everything. So it's, she's doing it's amazing. It's with casuals, too. My catch wrestling coach and tag team partner doesn't watch pro wrestling. He watches Shayna Baszler's stuff because they, they've done some work together. But he said that he saw that, and he thought that was just, like, the coolest thing ever. And she mm. did that with a concussion. It's funny, I, I didn't want to reveal this project I'm working on, but, I, you know, I've done Making a Finisher, Wikipedia Fact Check. I did one earlier this year called Enhancement Stories, and we talked to Gangrel about him working as an enhancement guy. I've got a couple more in the can, Ariel Monroe and Britt Baker, who I've interviewed recently, both of which had enhancement matches against Nia Jax, both of which kind of had stories. Ariel had to kind of fire one back at, at Nia, and Britt Baker got busted open. In her first match, in right. Nia's first TV match. So, I mean, this isn't new. Nia no, plant, planted the wrong leg on a backbreaker on Asuka. She threw an elbow drop to Bailey when she was sat up. I don't know why you would do that. She's dropped Charlotte on her head, hasn't caught Charlotte. She threw Zelina out of the ring. Uh, Alexa's been hurt working with her. This is – she is a habitual line stepper. <laughs> I mean, the, the problem, in my opinion, is that she was fast-tracked to the main roster – because number one of who her cousin is, her cousin is The Rock, and number two, because she looks different than all the other girls, she herself said that this man looks at her as Andre the, the Andre the Giant of the female division, and so she got fast-tracked to the main roster, and she probably wasn't ready, she probably hasn't had the kind of training that she should have, 
And, and you know, when didn't she take time off because she was burnt out or something and she got time off? How many of the girls would have that opportunity to be able to do that? I mean, she clearly is favored because of who her cousin is, and that's the hard truth to the matter. Her real and, cousin, too. It's not even one of his favorites. No, legitimate. I mean, her, her and The Rock's mom are really tight. I think she was in the car accident with The Rock's mom, right? So they're really tight, and she got fast-tracked, and that's the hard truth, and, and uh, she's not seasoned enough. And let me tell you something, man. I realize that accidents happen in wrestling and all that kind of stuff. The week of the Survivor Series, when this is your biggest match, this was the biggest match, Sean. It, was. it wasn't Brock Lesnar. It was Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. The week of the Survivor Series, if I'm finding out that one of your, your, your star in your biggest match is off because of a concussion because she got cold cocked by another wrestler, there are repercussions. If I'm Triple H or Vince McMahon, and I had suggested uh, yesterday on Twitter that if it was me, and I realize they want to do the brand versus brand stuff, if it was me because the fans know they're internet savvy, they know what's going on, they know that Becky's out because she got clocked by Nia Jax. If it was me, I would have put Nia in the match with Ronda Rousey. I would have had Ronda Rousey completely squash her. Yeah. And that, and that would have been the receipt. And then Becky is ready-made for the Royal Rumble win, and then she chooses Ronda, and then she gets the match at WrestleMania. Something tells me that because they put Charlotte in at Survivor Series, which was supposed to be the Mania plan, that they might go with Becky at Mania. It should. And she deserves it. She does. And I think it'll be a much more uh, interesting match if it's her than if it's Charlotte. It should main event the show. As of right now, should main event WrestleMania. They could do that, too. They also, could do that too. I was going to criticize Nia Jax for punching a woman half her size, but you know what? I'm going to do that at Listen Your Boy 100. So <laughs> oh. I'm all about it. Because I'm going <laughs> to kick Melissa's ass at Listen Your Boy 100. I have worked myself into a shoot, and I can't back out now because everybody will think I'm a pussy if I do. Uh-huh. Listen Your Boy 100, November 28th. Let me ask you. Ontario, Canada, running up there like the Flash (laughs) for this fight that I definitely didn't pre-tape. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to be wearing a blazer again? Are you going to wet your hair? Are you going to show up at a hospital in a room where the woman is not my wife? Is that going to happen? Probably, yeah. Okay, all right. Let me ask you this question. So I was okay with Becky hugging Charlotte. Uh, Like, I can live with that. But one thing that kind of bugged me a little bit is how Charlotte cut that promo afterwards, and she was basically raw, raw Becky. What am I missing in the live chat? I uh, just Melissa, calm down. You'll wet yourself. Uh, okay. Next but anyway, press conference. Seeing uh, seeing Charlotte be all raw, raw Becky, and I'm fighting for Becky on Sunday. Eh, I'm not crazy about that, Sean. I had conflicted feelings about the hug and, yeah. and all that stuff. Charlotte, if you look at the story of Charlotte and Becky, Charlotte really badly wanted her best friend. That's that's really what she wanted. But the thing is, Becky, as a character, was like, well, you didn't want me enough to not want that title. And because of that, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. But all along, you heard Charlotte say, what happened to my best friend? What happened to my best friend? What happened to my best friend? I suppose. And and when she would lose the matches, she would usually try to shake her hand or... Yeah. I guess. So, I guess. I, mean, like, I don't know. I, I can I can get into that. Also, as we talked about on last night's post SmackDown show, our most watched post SmackDown show ever. It may have it may have topped every Raw too, but uh, <laughs> it also bridges the gap for a possible four horsewomen match. Because look at the way that Ronda Rousey delivers her promos. She yeah. she's ready to be a heel. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, she's going to be booed against Becky Lynch. I think she'll be yeah. cheered against just about anybody else. You want to? Be- I know, but especially Ronda Rousey leading the four horsewomen against yeah. WWE's four horsewomen. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that is ready made. You've got yeah. so many over people in that. And if Jessamine and Marina can catch up, just be presentable in the ring. And yep. based on what I saw, Jessamine was presentable before she even got signed and didn't even work. So. Man, I think that's with with that gap that they bridged. I think that they they've got something a lot of something special on the horizon. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Again, I I personally would have preferred Ronda and Nia uh, than Ronda and Charlotte, but it'll be a good matchup. But whatever, it's it, it is what it is. You know, so, it's funny. I mentioned Shayna Baszler, Jimmy. I talked to Triple H this afternoon <laughs> and about his mentality. Of signing older talents. Now, Nigel, this will be clip number one, just so you know. I, I got it. Just 
<laughs> underhanding that softball to you. All you got to do yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. knock it out of the park with that Listen. Toronto internet. I thought you were doing the CM Punk Vandalay Silva thing for a second there. <clears throat> Choke up. Like, yeah, it, I saw that. Yeah, in there. Yeah, but uh, I talked to him about the the shift in signing older talent. A few years ago, there there was a lot of discussion about WWE maybe not hiring people that were a little bit older and and the certain guidelines that it took to, to get hired by WWE, and it seems like that has definitely changed. You all have Luis Martinez and Shayna Baszler, who were both hired in their mid to late 30s. Can you explain to me uh, like maybe why that changed, the mentality of changing that, and maybe any conversations that went into making that change? I don't know that there was ever... You know, it's funny, sometimes you hear these, or I, I read and I see rumors of like, well, there's this hard and fast rule that they don't do this. It's not a hard and fast rule. It just became kind of the norm, right? Um, I can tell you that if you said to me, how many people in their mid to late 30s are you going to hire to try to get started in this business? It won't be a long list. You know, um, they, it has to be a, a special talent, and it has to be a special talent that has the ability that we feel has the ability to succeed, that has the ability to do it in in a time frame that's accessible and be successful for a period of time that's worth the investment, right? I mean, and and then and then what are the other plans for them long term? I I don't. There are there are some talent that I bring in that it's it's later in their careers, and I'm I'm really looking at them going like, look, bring you in, we'll get you up to speed, we'll put you in the programming. If you have a couple of years and you do well, that's great. But then I'd love to talk to you about transitioning to the other side of the business and maybe becoming a coach or becoming a player coach for a while while you're still working. And, you know, as some of the younger talent are coming up, having somebody with a lot of experience that can get in the ring with them, that we've gotten up to speed to sort of our playbook, so to speak, and, and you know, work with them on a regular basis and give them that hands-on guidance like uh, generations prior had that ability to. I had that. You know, I was lucky enough to, to come into it at a time when there were a lot of veterans in the locker room and you got the opportunity to get in the ring with them and learn from them every single night. And that's how you got great, you know. Um, it, it doesn't exist in a lot of ways in some places, but there are a lot of new people coming up and, and having that. So there's a lot of different reasons why we hire people other than just, hey, I'm looking for somebody that can be a main event player. There's a, a, whole, a whole different way of looking at it that you know there there are some people that i've brought in um even internationally that i've said i'm going to take a i'm going to take a chance and to see how they do on this physically i don't know that they're going to make it but i have another role for them in mind of something that they're really good at a speaking role or something and i'm waiting to see if the physical pans out if it does great if it doesn't i got another role already in mind for you and i'd love to talk to you about this and and see about moving forward with that and see where it goes. So there's a lot of thought that goes into it. We are back. Fightful.com, the only place that live streams Triple H's media conference calls. We'll be doing that Saturday night as well. Uh, I don't know how that will affect the NXT post show, but we'll be giving you an NXT post show and doing a live NXT conference call stream. Uh, So we'll probably cover UFC Argentina on next Tuesday's Fightful MMA podcast, but... Speaking of press conferences, Jimmy, me and Melissa got a press conference ahead of the list and your boy number 100. I'm looking forward to that. I might show up on time. I might not. I don't know. It's. I hear, uh, oh, are you Conor McGregor all of a sudden? The theme of this is going to be my quality of life confuses Melissa because I, I don't want to hit her in the face. I don't. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't want to hit Melissa in the face. Maybe it could be a gentleman's rules type matchup. Maybe she's hardly a gentleman. But I, I'm just I'm going to play head games with her. I'm going to confuse her. That's what I'm going to do. Well, we'll see how it goes, man. I want to uh, I want to talk about Brock Lesnar. And, uh, you know, I don't like being negative all the time on the podcast, Sean. You know, I don't like being a negative Nancy all the time. But there's, there's positive and negative to Brock Lesnar when we talk about him. So... Do you remember on this podcast after SummerSlam, we were talking about his booking going into SummerSlam, right? Of course, he lost the title to Roman Reigns on that show. We thought he was done with WWE because he was preparing for a UFC run. He had to- he had leaned out. USADA was testing him. And on the post-SummerSlam podcast, I said to you, if WWE is done with him for a while, then I can accept their booking of him. 
because they didn't book him as a heel going into SummerSlam. They didn't book him as a babyface. They booked him as, as an asshole, a guy who didn't care about the company, didn't care about the fans, didn't care about the title, didn't even have the courtesy to go into the live arena to see the fans, wanted to stay backstage in a room and collect a paycheck. That's how they booked him on television. Uh, and I thought it was inexcusable to do that to a guy if you're going to use him again, especially given his price tag. And then what did they do? They brought him back again. They cut Braun Strowman's legs out from under him, under him for a second time. They had Braun Strowman squashed by Brock for a second time. And they had Brock win the Universal title for a second time. Can you make any sense of it at all, Sean? Is, um, there, any, is there any facet of it that makes sense to you about this? He overvalues Brock Lesnar. Vince McMahon overvalues Brock Lesnar. In particular, yes. I don't even think Triple H would put that kind of value on him anymore. I don't think so either. No. Uh, it's okay for the UFC too because he kind of went away. At the old saying, go away, learn a new hold, that was kind of the UFC thing. Brock fell off, came back years later, had his situation, is going to come back years later. And because of that, people miss him a little bit more. And, you know, he's in and out of WWE, at least on screen, but nobody really misses him that much, I don't think. He's in, in, in wrestling or UFC? In wrestling. No, they don't. So, they don't. like, he had a great match with AJ last year. How will the one Sunday go? I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, that's the only positive. Of, if I try to find a positive of this situation, I'm intrigued by Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan. And I, I, I got to give WWE credit because we shit on them a lot for their creative. At least they had the wherewithal to know when Becky went down that they had to do something to make the pay-per-view a little bit more interesting. And so they put the title on Daniel Bryan. I think Bryan-Brock, very interesting matchup because we've already seen Brock-AJ. Even though you know what would be good, we've already seen it. So I'm interested in that matchup. Do you remember that when Brian won the title, he wanted the match with Brock? Yeah. And then he had to retire. So uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup. But I look at Brock Lesnar. They somehow managed to take a major box office attraction. Like, he was a major box office attraction. And they have somehow managed to turn him into an overpriced, just another member of the talent roster. And they've done the exact same thing with Ronda Rousey. And, uh, and I don't know how they managed to do it, but they somehow managed to do it. But at least Brock versus Brian is going to be interesting. Let me ask you this question. So Dave Meltzer reports that Brock is signed through Mania, WrestleMania 35, and that the deal allows him to fight in the UFC. And the rumor is that UFC is looking at Brock Lesnar, Daniel Cormier for the UFC heavyweight title in March, which would be a month before WrestleMania. How does that make any sense? What if he gets annihilated by Daniel Cormier? And then a month later, and then a month later, he's got a match at WrestleMania. Like, how does that make any sense? It's WWE's second chance to have him come out there with the title on. Man, I don't know why they think that that title not being on the show makes it more special. It doesn't. Not anymore. It didn't for a long time. Yeah. It's, it just, they, they need it for the touring brand. Yeah. They do. Yeah. It would really, really help. I mean, back in the day, years ago, they had the Intercontinental title on one brand and the WWE title on the other as far as the touring is concerned. Yeah. Now they should have two brands, two world titles. I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. You got Seth Rollins main eventing the shows as the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, speaking of, I'm going to Starcade next Saturday, I think it is. That'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be fun. We had a question sent in by Ivan Burden. He sent me this on uh, Twitter. He said, uh, this was regarding uh, Survivor Series. He said, oh, you know what? I have the tweet. I didn't yeah. write it down. I have the tweet. Put it up, Nigel. He said, I don't know if you already have the topics for the list, but if you have space, would love your thoughts on if Survivor Series is still considered a big event. Among my friends, we think it's been replaced by Money in the Bank for importance. So here's how I look at it. First and foremost, I still think Survivor Series has more brand recognition than the B pay-per-views do because it's one of the original four. But there are two issues every year with the Survivor Series, and this year there's a third issue. So the first issue with the Survivor Series is that WWE insults the intelligence of the fans by saying it's the only night a year when Raw and SmackDown go head-to-head. And we all know that that's complete nonsense. The fans know it's nonsense. They, they had two shows within the last couple of weeks, uh, Crown Jewel and Evolution. Both shows had brand-on-brand brand matches, you had the World Cup and you had the Battle Royal at Evolution. The fans know it's bullshit. They know it's not the only night of the year that you have brand versus brand. That's problem number one with the Survivor Series. Problem number two is that there are no stakes at yeah. the Survivor Series, right? Because one so one. Right, one title match, cruiserweight title. Otherwise, what you got Brock versus Daniel Bryan. If Brock wins, so what? If Daniel Bryan wins, it'd be big for Daniel Bryan. He ain't winning. 
So, you know, what difference does it really make? That's problem number two. Problem number three is that this year, because they had to promote Crown Jewel and they had to promote the post-Crown Jewel uh, results, they essentially had one week to promote Survivor Series. One week. Uh, and that's... That's lunacy. They did what they did with uh, with Daniel Bryan and, and AJ. I thought that was good. They did what they did with Becky Lynch on, on Raw, which was really, really good. They made the most of the limited time they had. But one week to promote what used to be one of your big four, that's a little bit limited, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would be inclined to agree with, with him about the money in the bank replacing it. That, that was one thing I was told was, look at what shows have NXT takeovers the night before. That's what WDB values. And they do view money in the bank as a big show, and they should. I think that Money in the Bank is a great contemporary sort of replacement because they used to have that King of the Ring in the summer, and now you don't anymore. And I think Money in the Bank is a is a perfectly reasonable, sensible main event or, or, or pay-per-view to put there because, let's be real, I don't think a lot of people would care that much about that tournament. I think that's better suited for a crown jewel today and the Money in the Bank because there are real stakes there. And not Absolutely. only that, there are, there are long-lasting stakes there for multiple matches. So right. I, I like that. But they could put a little more stank on Survivor Series. Really, all you have is Braun Strowman essentially fighting for the opportunity to hold WWE over a barrel. That's it. Right, that's, yeah. That's a nice stipulation, too. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, again, I mean, Brock and Brian, that will be unique because you don't see that all the time. Ronda Charlotte, something tells me they're probably going to do that six or seven times before all is said and done. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, the elimination tag team matches, whatever. We've, we've seen yeah. them a, a, a hundred times before. You know? let, me, let me ask you something. I don't know if this is on your list, but we didn't get your thoughts last week. I had reported that Raw's overrun is over. Yeah. That happened this week. What did you think of it? I thought the show was better, but I mean, we, we know when the show is ending now for sure. And that takes a little unpredictability out. But man, if it comes at the, at the quality of a show improving, I'm all for it. I think they did it because once the fans get used to it, because it takes a few weeks for the fans to get used to it, the guys that would tune in at 11.05 to see the end of the show, they're going to have to get used to tuning in at 10.59. So in theory, when those fans get used to it, it's going to bump up the quarter-hour rating. Yeah. And I, and then that makes the overall rating look better. I think that's a reason why they did it. I, I mean, here's my question for you. Do you know what the average time was for the overrun? Because some weeks it was only five minutes anyway, right? It was supposed to be budgeted for 15. I know that international distributors had it budgeted for 15 because they would have like 15 minutes of archived footage ready in the event that... It went short. Yeah, in the event that it didn't go that long. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, I I didn't think too much of it, to be honest with you. I, I think they're doing it again because they think in the long run it'll make the, the last quarter hour rating look better. And yeah. then I, I imagine it was probably also screwing up their 11 o'clock programming in terms of uh, commercial breaks, right? Yes. So, so it makes sense. Let's go to Stupid People, Nigel. Okay. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. All right, TrevorStrong.org, thanks for the usage of the stupid song. (laughs) (laughs) He always does this shit during this segment. You know, stupid people, all i got to do is just show him for 10 minutes, Nigel. We could do that. So this first one makes me happy that I've got a guy like Nigel in the room who's like the, you know, kind of political, cultural guy. Yeah. Because he's going to love this one, Sean. This one is made, I should call this the Nigel file. (laughs) Because <laughs> you're going to like this one. This was reported by the Rocky Mountain Collegian, which is the college paper for Colorado State University, Okay. on November 4th. Oh, Nigel's going to like this one. So uh, CSU is introducing students to a part of their culture called inclusive language. Uh, I think I know where Did you're you going about with this. one? I okay. During orientation, Sean, you know, when the students came back after the summer, during orientation... They introduce students to what they consider to be proper gender-neutral words and phrases that everybody can identify with. Ooh. All right? So they suggested, for example, that the term you guys be replaced with y'all because you guys is not inclusive to all genders. And you know what's interesting about that one? How many times have you heard Michael Cole say y'all on WWE Raw? And if you pay attention, he says it a lot. And it almost makes, yes, and it makes me wonder if Michael Cole, because Michael Cole is that ass-kiss-and-shill guy. I wonder if he was told by somebody, don't say you guys, try to cut down on you guys, say y'all, 
because he does. He says y'all, if you, if you listen sometimes. Not all the time, but he says it sometimes. So that's one. Then they said that instead of freshman, you have to say first year, right? Can't huh. say, yeah, you can't say freshman because that's offensive, Nigel. You wow. can't do that. Then, oh, here, here's a good one. So there's a woman named Lauren Rogers. She's the director of residential development for the Residence Hall Association. That's part of this Colorado State bullshit. And there's a quote from her. She said, as a woman, I feel excluded when the term you guys is used. And they don't want you to say, oh, no, that, that's, that's the end of her quote. I feel excluded when the term you guys is used. So as a woman, she feels excluded, Nigel, when she hears that. Here's the best one, Sean. Here's the best one. They don't want you to say long time no see anymore. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. You know why they don't want you to say long time no see anymore, Sean? Because they think that the term long time no see is derogatory towards people of Asian descent. No. Yes. What? How? Long time no see. Think about it, Sean. I mean, I get it. Yeah. That's really stretching. That's like a Michael Jordan in the fourth quarter in Space Jam stretch. The whole thing is absurd. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing is absurd. Uh, That's basically what happened. You know, it reminded me of Trudeau with the people kind thing. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Any yeah. any sort of thing where you'd have to educate the people that are supposedly offended by this about why they should be offended? Right. Probably not offensive. They're not offended. The people that are making it up are offended. They don't even know why they should be offended. Yeah, That's the kind the, of... Uh, 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 society's going to shit. Have you ever seen Demolition Man? I haven't, but I know that uh, so it's a, has been emulated for years. It, well, it's a <laughs> Sylvester Stallone movie, right? Wesley Snipes is in it. Watch that movie because we're turning into Demolition Man. We're like 20 years away from Togas and Taco Bell, Sean. I've been looking for good movies to watch. Hey, the, have you ever seen Idiocracy? No. Where... Is it good too? They try to they try to water their plants with Gatorade in the future because it has electrolytes. Well, you should watch Demolition Man because it's a good movie. I'll check it out. And I'm telling you, we're turning into it in a lot of ways. This next one, this was sent in by Gisberto Guzzo, buddy of ours, and it was reported by the BBC on November 8th. This is another one that Nigel might like because this is another one of these kind of bullshit <laughs> cultural ones. So there's a 69-year-old man from the Netherlands, Nigel. Okay. And he wants to legally change his age from 69 to 49. I did a whole podcast about this last week. Oh, you did. You heard about this one, too. What? He's trying to get that, but... He wants to boost his online dating prospects. I I don't know what dating is like in a Tinder world. I've been with my wife for a long time. Mm -hmm. It seems real easy as is. But he's like, nah, let's handicap it a little bit more. To be fair... He is 69, nice, years old, but... <laughs> oh, this dude is insane. You need to look him up. Well, yeah, he... I, 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 so let me, let me read a little bit more about him. So this is a quote from him. He said, We live in a time when you can change your name and change your gender. Why can't I decide my own age? And then he added, When I'm on Tinder and it says I'm 69, I don't get an answer. When I'm 49, with the face I have, I'll be in a luxurious position. <laughs> That's what he said what he said, uh, Nigel. And so the local court's going to decide within the next four weeks whether or not he's allowed to change his birth date. And he even said if they let him change his birth date, he will renounce his pension. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. Step above. Hey, if, the, if this is the precedent, then I'm going to be the young guy in this, this news-breaking game. I don't, like, I don't like where I am right now. Exactly. You're going to be 18, Sean. I, no, I'll probably, I'll probably go 25. Not low enough to where my car insurance raises up. What, how old are you right now? 33. Okay, so you know what the good news is? That 25-year-olds typically make less money than 33-year-olds. Yeah, typically. So I want you to get your birthday changed, and then you're getting a pay cut. Because i I got to keep you in line with your age bracket. We got some hate about talking about financials. That that hate email I sent you that I got? Financial. Right? I remember hate. I, I, uh, <laughs> it, it's vague in my head now. I remember it was nonsense, but it's vague Jimmy, in my head now. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy asked to start seeing some of my hate mail, so I've been I did. Showing him some of it. Yeah, pretty good. Got a got a really well thought out one a couple weeks ago. I remember that guy was like really well spoken. He wrote really well, oh, but he was a complete idiot. Well, but he misspelled like seven words. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he did all right. All right, this last one. This was this is for the SRS file, reported by the Times in the UK on November first, and I I read this one before. I think somebody sent it to me, but I had already seen it because it kind of went viral. So there's a 22 year old man out of Scotland. And he had his genitals bitten off by an English bulldog. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And as of the date of the report, he was in an induced coma. Right? Turns out what happened was 
He applied peanut butter to his crotch, oh, Jesus. and he let the dog lick it off. The dog bit and ate his genitals. Yeah. You should see Nigel's face. Look at Nigel's face up there. I love we have the video of you, Nigel. That's true. I hate, I hate to quote Kid Rock, but you get what you put in, and people get what they deserve. <laughs> you know the sad news about this, Sean? The dog, in my opinion, was innocent because he was just eating peanut butter and probably yeah. didn't know any better. They put the dog down. Oh, oh, bullshit, man. By the way, if you're 69 and want the dick of a 29-year-old, 39-year-old, or 49-year-old, check out BlueChew.com code Fightful for shipment free. <laughs> there you go. All right, we have we have a lot of stuff to talk about, but we, we're kind of short on time this week, so I'm going to have to just pick the best stuff. I'm going to have to cut some stuff out, pick the best stuff. This next one has to be discussed because it's about one of my favorite executives in the world, Sean. Who is one of my favorite executives in the world? Ed Nordholm. Ed, that's fair. I mean, that's I fair. Ed home Christmas gift last year. You what? Yes, you did. I have it here somewhere. I don't know if I can afford that this year. It's on one of the ledgers. Yeah, it's around here somewhere. No, this is about another one of my favorite executives, and that would be the ultra-useless ultra Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> and uh, and this clip is excellent, Sean. So Stephanie McMahon was at a tech conference in Portugal last week called the Web Summit. And during that tech conference, and I was gonna, I was gonna say, and I'm just gonna quickly talk about it now. She actually met Paige Van Zant there, the UFC fighter. And Paige Van Zant told MMA Weekly that she talked to Stephanie McMahon and that she's interested in a WWE run once her fighting career is done. But that's so. That's a, before we cut to the clip, hmm? I encourage everybody to go to our new MMA unboxing YouTube channel. Subscribe. You can be entered to win that uh, Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture signed photo ahead of Chuck Liddell's MMA return. But James Lynch talked to Paige Van Zant about an, a WWE run earlier this year, and she used the term, I would love to be a WWE diva. Right. And I'm like, oh, you don't know shit, do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so Stephanie McMahon, uh, during this Web Summit tech conference of Portugal, she spoke to CNBC, and it was a typical Stephanie McMahon propaganda, rah-rah, buzzword, uh, you know, prepared bullshit interview that she always does, but there's a clip that's gold, Sean. Gold. And this clip sums up the knowledge of business of Stephanie McMahon. Go ahead and put that clip up, Nigel. I'm just going to end on where do you see this brand f 10 years from now, certainly different than 10 years ago. So what's your hope for what WWE is in 10 years? Uh, 10, 20, 30 years from now, there's no reason why we can't be as big or bigger than Disney. Now, that's a tall order, especially tall given order. recent transactions. However, there's no reason why we can't get there. You have to dream big, have big, bold goals, and go after them. Stephanie, thanks so much for, for joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so you much. Guys. So... Nigel said to me, he's like, when you showed me that clip, he's like, when you showed me that clip, I laughed out loud. Now, I don't, I don't know if you could tell, that crowd was not mic'd up, right? But as soon as she said that, they were laughing because that's when she looked at them and said, what did she say? Uh, it's, a, it's a big mountain to climb or something? Yeah, something like that. Like, because they were laughing at her. Yeah. Uh, so I did a little bit of research. Now, obviously, we know Disney is Disney. WWE is a niche inter inter entertainment product. So, looking at today, November 14th, 2018, Nigel, if you're looking at today, Disney stock is $117. Right. Uh, WWE stock is $68. So, not bad. Half, about half of, of Disney. Not terrible, right? Disney's market cap is about $175 billion right now. All right? That means how much, how much stock is out. $175 billion. WWE's market cap, $5.3 billion, Nigel. That's a slight discrepancy, right? And if you're not going to get there with a sexist executive like Stephanie McMahon running around saying you guys to a crowd of people. Exactly. She's got to learn to say y'all. Yeah. Come on. She, she's got to be all about equality. Then, if you look at 2017 revenue, WWE in 2017 did about $800 million ballpark in revenue. Disney did $55.14 billion in revenue. And if you look at, uh, let's say if you look at proprietary stuff kind of thing, if you want to do a fair comparison, so if you want to look at proprietary stuff, WWE owns the network, 
they own NXT, Raw and SmackDown, they've got whatever the hell else they got, Sean. I can't even think of anything. They got Corey Graves, uh, whatever else. Disney's got Fox, Marvel, Star Wars. WWE will never, ever, ever, ever come within a... You know what this is like, Sean? I'm going to go on the record, Sean. And you could take this clip out and you can put it on YouTube by itself. Within 10 years, Sean, within 10 years, Fightful will be as big or bigger than Amazon. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. And I'll get paid the same. Anyway. Is that not lunacy that she can say that with a straight face? Weird. You know and what? it's embarrassing because people, it's embarrassing. You know, I've, I've had people say, are, are you and Jimmy going to do a live show when WWE hits Toronto? I don't think we should. Instead, I think we should hold a summit. One of these summits that Stephanie goes to all the time. Oh, I would love to. We will just hold a summit. We'll fill it out with people from your office. Yeah. Think that people showed up. (laughs) We'll just get sound bites out of her, just one right after the other. I would enjoy it because I would have Marie right there standing next to her for the whole thing. (laughs) That would be that would be amazing. I don't know who she is today. Maybe Curry, Hannibal Lecter. I'm thinking that that mask is really freaking me out. Yeah, I think today it's kind of Curry. I think I don't know. Big. That's good. Big Red Marie, I like it, because there's so many meanings to it. So, uh, speaking of crossover, let's yeah. talk. Actually, you know what? Let's you know what? Let's talk about Impact Wrestling. I want to talk about Impact Wrestling because there's a couple things about Impact. So the first thing is they're still chugging along. Their ratings have declined a bit because they got the new 10 o'clock time slot, but they're still you chugging along. Every week on the weekender. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're still chugging along. So they have their they have their homecoming show. Their homecoming show is on January 6th. They're going back to the Asylum in, Asylum in Nashville. That's where they started when they were doing the, the weekly pay per views. Might go. Uh, yeah? Might. It's, it's pretty close. It's four hours. Well, because they're going back to their old building, they're bringing back talent from the past for homecoming, which they should do. So, so yeah. far they've announced that Gail Kim and Abyss and Raven are going to be part of homecoming because they were all part of the company back when they were uh, working out of the Nashville venue. Now, an interesting side note that's really not surprising, but according to PW Insider, uh, Impact is looking for a new television home. Their, con- their contract with Pop ends uh, the end of December. Apparently, Pop did not inform them in advance that they're going to change the time slot. And so Impact's not happy. Here's my honest opinion. Even if their relationship was stellar, Sean, and even if Pop and Impact were like this, Impact's still going to look for another television deal because they have, they're on a network with no viewership. What have they been doing? Like 100,000 viewers a week now at the 10 o'clock, at the 10 o'clock time slot. They're on a network with minimal viewership and they're on a barter deal. They're not getting guaranteed money on this deal. They're on a barter deal for advertising. So they're making no money on this thing. So of course they're going to look for another television deal. But you know what? Good luck. Because it's not easy. We talked about it before. Who was the guy that said, oh, if they can't do uh, Saudi Arabia for Crown Jewel, just get a billionaire in the U.S. and they can just do it that way. It was a gif maker or a gif maker on Twitter. It's not not that easy. So we'll see what happens with that. I hope they land somewhere nice, but man, I've not enjoyed the show. Flat out, I've not enjoyed the show. And I cover it. That was a thing when we launched Select. I was like, all right, people want us to cover non-WDB stuff. I really regret giving Warren Hayes NXT and 205 Live. And I was like, you know what? I'll take Ring of Honor and Impact and Lucha Underground. I'll take that. I got the real bad end of things there. It's <laughs> not an easy show to get through sometimes. Yeah, yeah. They, they have some bright spots, though. So uh, the posturing continues with the former Bullet Club. Yeah, it sure does. We're still seeing posturing. So first we've got, we've got to talk about Cody Rhodes. So he suffered a meniscus uh, meniscus damage in his knee during the Ring of Honor Global Wars tour. Wasn't able to work Toronto. He was still there doing a signing, but he wasn't able to work a match. He posted a series of tweets about it. Put up the first one first, Nigel. He said, going from one side of the crowd to the other, teasing a t-shirt toss of all things, sort of loud pop in my knee. I believe that was Buffalo, right, Sean? So so that's when it happened. That was November 10th. Put up the next one. Then he said, sadly, folks, I won't be able to wrestle in Toronto. I'll be at the pre-show meet and greet. The Ring of Honor and I will find a suitable replacement for the match. Extremely sorry, blah, blah, blah. And then put up the next one. This was the one that I thought was kind of interesting. He said, the good news is my doctor is fairly confident that my MCL, PCL, ACL are all structurally sound. Bad news is the meniscus is fairly damaged, going to require a scope. At the end of this, he says, I'll definitely still compete in the final battle main event and at Wrestle Kingdom. 
So I believe he currently is not under contract to Ring of Honor, correct? He, he's got a minor extension through the end of the year. Okay, so uh, final battle is on December 14th for Ring of Honor. Wrestle Kingdom is on January 4th for New Japan. That, in theory, would be the end of his dates that he's contracted for. However, I still believe he's not going to re-sign with WWE. I know you've heard some things that we're not going to talk about about his future, but uh, I don't think he's going to re-sign with WWE because he's got he's got a sour taste from his last run, so I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, then there's Kenny Omega. I didn't uh, get, give the tweet to Nigel for this one. I'm just going to say it. He posted on Twitter that he'd love to face Buddy Murphy of course, is the current Cruiserweight champion. So he's throwing that out there. The Young Bucks posted a picture recently of them and AJ Styles all doing the tweet, two sweet hand sign. So they're all, almost on a weekly now, they're all posturing. Oh, they, they know what they're doing. Cody, they know what they're doing. Cody can play media like a fiddle. He's really smart. Yeah, and I, I still believe what I've been saying for, for forever. I think Kenny Omega is the only guy that's going to seriously consider it. Uh, and even when you look at those guys, he's the one that's a little bit different from the others. I'm not going to say that he's not as, as ambitious as them, but he hasn't been as interested in things like promotions and merchandise and stuff as they are. So I still think Omega's going to consider it. I think the Young Bucks and Cody are going to keep doing their own thing. That's my hunch based on uh, based on their personalities. Yeah, I think but. they'll do their own thing to an extreme degree, but then you run into the issue. You can get people over with being the elite, but you got to put them over in the ring too if you start your own thing. So. We'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, you know, we have heard rumors about what their plans might be. It's it's one thing to do a one-off show like All In. That's one thing. When you're involved with a regular promotion and you're having to do weekly content, it's very different. So, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I want to talk about Mr. Taka Mishinoku. What? Oh, because this is yeah, this, this is interesting. See, I like talking about interesting stories on the show, Sean. Nigel's gonna like this one. Yeah, man. So we got to talk about this one. Nigel, you know about the cultural differences between Japan and, say, the U.S. and Canada, right? Oh, there are many. There are many. <laughs> so you're going to like this one, Nigel. Okay. So there's a gentleman by the name of Takamishinoku. So back in the 90s, WWE was interested in a guy named the Great Suzuki. Uh, he was a legendary wrestler back in the day, and they were looking to do more aerial-style stuff, and that's what he was known for. So they brought him in for some shows. They were interested in, in working with him. The Great Suzuki brought in Takamishinoku, who was one of his students... Uh, to work with. Okay. Taka Mishinoku ended up stealing the show in their matches. And so WWE went with him. And they built, at the time, the light heavyweight division around him. Uh, and look at this innocent little kid, Taka Mishinoku. Put that picture up, Nigel. Look at this kid, Sean. That's when he was the light heavyweight champion. This is back in, what, 97, 98, around those days. Who would have thought? So let's let's move forward. So they signed Taka Mishinoku. For a while, he was leading the light heavyweight division. Ended up going back to Japan. Uh, now he works for New Japan, and he, he has his own dojo called the Kaintai uh, Dojo. And uh, according to Yahoo Japan, Taka Mishinoku was caught cheating on his wife, right? And as we know, the cultural differences, and this is what I found fascinating about this, Sean, because the cultural differences, and because he was caught cheating on his wife, he has been removed as a member of the board of his own dojo, and and his pay has been suspended for a year, from his own dojo. Whoa. How does that even... That'd be like me suspending my pay for a year, Sean. That ain't happening. No. <laughs> <laughs> How does that happen? Yeah, some of the cultural... It's fascinating <sighs> to me. Fascinating. Weed kept Matt Seidel and Matt Riddle out of the country. I mean, it kept weed because matt used to talk about smoking weed like a year or two ago right bring him over to the new japan i'm not surprised by this at all i think it's fascinating that this happened to that 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 sweetheart little young buck taka mishinoku look at that face he had nigel <laughs> that guy's not capable of doing anything I, wrong I, is he I, I would love nigel to see the footage of him being eliminated from the 2000 royal rumble though is that when he got flipped out? He, he flipped out and landed on his face yes yes i remember that i remember that I have to look that up well Great. Next thing I want to do is I want to pay uh, homage to Jim Ross. So in Canada, Sean, uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Bob Cole. Do you know who Bob Cole is, Nigel? Uh, no. Yeah, I thought you might not. So Bob Cole is a legendary hockey commentator in Canada. And he's been doing commentary for like 50 years. And anybody that's a hockey fan in Canada, you grew up with Bob Cole as kind of the guy. You know what I mean? And he spanned decades and, and he spanned generations. Unfortunately now, Bob Cole is getting older. 
older than Jim Ross, actually, by, by a pretty significant margin. And so the number of games that he's contracted to do every year is dwindling. And I think, matter of fact, this is going to be his last year because when he does games now, he's slow with the plays. He gets the names mixed up of the players. It's just age is caught up to him, right? Uh, a year and a half ago, things were just coming up roses for Jim Ross. Because a year and a half ago, he signed a new two-year contract with WWE and started doing stuff for them. He had the deal with Access TV to cover New Japan. Uh, this is a year and a half later. Jim Ross posted this on Twitter November 12th. Put that up, uh, Nigel. He said, I'm reluctantly heading to LAX this week for my final voiceover session with Access TV as these three shows will take us to the end of the year when my contract ends. Uh, so the end of the year, his contract is done with Access TV. And in about four months, March-ish of 2019, his WWE contract is up. They haven't really used him much. I'll be surprised if they re-sign him unless they sign him for the same reason they did initially, which was to get him away from uh, from the UK deal that, that was going on at the time. He might find himself out of a job, Sean, in another four months. He could, but I would imagine he saved his money and... Sure. It's... It's just time. The work has not been up to par. He was he was a little bit better as a color commentator than a play by play guy, right? During his latest run, but it's just it's not there. It's I agree. I agree. There. I mean, I still consider him and Jerry Lawler one of the greatest tandems. Amazing. Like right up there with say Bobby Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon, or even Vista Man Jesse Ventura or Gorilla Jesse Ventura. Yeah, I put them up there as one of the greatest tandems of all time. But like you said, I mean, his New Japan work hasn't been good. That's just kind of how it is. He doesn't know all of the moves. He doesn't know how to pronounce the names of all of the wrestlers. Turns so turns off from. I mean, he calls finishers in New Japan by their WWE names sometimes, and I'm right. like, oh man, right. And that's an easy thing. All you do during the day is talk to the guys. That's what they normally do. They're given they're given briefs on this stuff. But why doesn't he just talk to the guys? I don't know. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he yeah. does. So do you remember back in the 90s when WWE had the Memphis deal? Yeah. And they used to allow their talent to appear on Memphis television. And I remember, I even remember Mr. Man appearing as a heel on Memphis television back in the day, which was rare for him yeah. then. This is before Mr. McMahon. Genesis of the Vince, Vince McMahon character. Yes. Yes. Template or prototype. Right. Now, that was a rare thing for WWE to allow their talent to appear within the promotion. Here we are now in 2018, and it's starting to happen on the regular, all of this con- all of this uh, crossover, and it's with kind of cherry-picked promotions that are aligned with WWE. So most recently, Killian Dane, he made a surprise return for ICW, which is uh, Insane Championship Wrestling in the UK. WWE was on tour in Europe recently, and uh, ICW had a show in Belfast. He's Irish. So there you go. He was on the show. Next month, ICW has a show in Glasgow. Who do they have on the roster that's Scottish? Noam Dar. So he's going to be doing the show in Glasgow. Uh, Sheamus has said that he wants to appear for over-the-top wrestling in Ireland at some point, and he probably will be able to. And uh, we know that WWE, they're looking at doing the new network tiers, the new pricing tiers. I think given all of this talent crossover lately, that we're probably going to see ICW evolve, progress, maybe even MLW appear on the network in uh, the different pricing tiers. And I'm cool with it. If these guys aren't doing anything in WWE, why not let them keep working and let them be in front of boisterous crowds? And I'm, I'm totally cool with it. Especially ones that may end up on your tiered service, as you mentioned. So so why not? Right. I agree. Yep, I agree. I, I'm, I'm all for it. It gets them more reps, and WWE is just signing people to sign people, which is slowed down a tad, but... Yeah, eventually they're just going to realize they can't have everybody. It's true. I mean, again, like you said, they sign them to sign them, and now that they see their competitors are kind of drying up a little bit, uh, yeah, that has slowed down. I'm still curious to see what's going to happen with Omega. I think Hunter's going to go hard after him. They're they're going to go hard after a lot of them, but yeah, I'll have more on that on the in the coming month and a half. Just when you know, just when I think. Like, oh, I have, have my scoops dried up. Then I've sent you some direct messages that I've gotten and some some things that I've been told directly. And beginning of the year is going to be very, very interesting. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. That's all I got on my list, man. Oh, Which, you got. Yeah, because we have a lot of stuff going on today, as you know. I didn't get to air my second clip because of terrible Toronto internet, but we do have the full live stream of the Triple H conference call. It is on our podcast platform 
everywhere. Just so you know, just so you know, we did an internet speed test when we were having that issue that took us off the air for 20 minutes, whatever it was. Our upload and download was 900 megs a second, Sean. Well, you know what? I didn't Solid. have. Solid. That is a tech specialist in my room looking <laughs> to fix the problem like you did. Uh, we are going to have a press conference for the Melissa and SRS fight. Listen, you boy, 100. I've made a lot of wild promises about about this show. Yeah, I, I've, I've got a lot of work to do. I so the rumor, the rumor is that Vegas is taking odds on this one. They they are, and and I'm going to make a killing, Sean. Probably, <laughs> probably, and we allowed our Fightful Select subscribers to submit questions. Head over to FightfulSelect.com. Look at all the great bonus content we have. Dare I say we have the most robust uh, Patreon of anybody in wrestling, and I've got a lot of MMA content up there as well. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna go above and beyond for for listen, your boy, 100. I've got a special intro prepared. King of surprises. I'm ready to go. See, Jimmy, I did one little green screen surprise and spoiled one of your su- surprises, the Virgil surprise last yeah, year. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you just pile them up on me. You just pile them up on me. So that's what I do. That's why I'm in this position, Sean. I'm gonna get good lighting. <laughs> But you know what? I'm I'm gonna do you a solid though. You know how? No. I'm gonna leave the surprises on number one hundred to you. I'm not gonna do any. Okay. Cool. So I'm gonna leave it with you and see what you come up with. This is gonna be your day, Sean. Your day, Sean. God damn it! I'm proud of it. I got until, until until you put Melissa over. This is gonna be your day. That ain't happening. Press <laughs> <laughs> is happening. Hey, guess what? You subscribe to Fightful Select. You get that early. But hey, if you want to go to FightfulWrestling.com, that's where you get all your wrestling news. I got the weekly on Friday. Our boys at Pro Wrestling Unlimited cover it, and I cover it on the Weekender. Uh, lots of neat stuff over there. We're doing NXT TakeOver on Saturday. Do you think I should do an ad campaign for Sean versus Melissa? Should we do an ad campaign for that? I think we should. Do it. We'd have to we, we'd have to put up a subpage that I can send the, the banner to, but I can do that. You want to do that? Do you want to do a tale of the tape? Yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. Now, hold on. What kind when the reach is there, what kind of reach are we doing? Are we doing Bluetooth reach or reach? You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to put up the win loss record for you guys and yeah. then set, send them to Nikki Bell and let her explain what they are. Ah. Guys, leave us a thumbs up, subscribe. Until next time, we're out. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.